0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Welcome, one, welcome all to the Big Fat Wednesday recap show. My goodness. I don't know how I wasn't prepared for this when I finished yesterday's podcast, but this was a. I think my mother used the term Dolly Womper. Is that something? Is that a word that people use? What is it? (laughs) As a dolly I shouldn't... You should never say a word on a podcast unless you know what it means. It might be totally made up. Anyway, that was a... My goodness, this is a big one. 13-game Wednesday recap coming up. Spread out all across the night. It was kind of interesting. Like, it was like a weird condensed version of MLK Day where you had, like, two games the first starting point, and then two more, the next, and then two more, and then two more, and then one, and then there was, like, a little bit of a break. Usually when you get these giant cards, you get, like, nine games that start on Eastern time and, and four that start on Pacific time and nothing in between. Yesterday was, was really fun. There was just this rolling NBA action. You could basically be watching a fourth quarter at any time starting at about 6 o'clock Pacific. Just flick from fourth quarter. To fourth quarter find me a close game brooklyn washington sweet i'll watch it What's my next close fourth quarter i guess there weren't that many close ones in the early part of the card in any event welcome to the show everybody i'm dan baspris this is fantasy nba today a sports ethos presentation i always pause because i'm always really close to saying hoop ball we were hoop ball for a long time it's a sports ethos presentation you can follow me on twitter if you like at Dan Vespers. D A N B E S B R I S. I hope that you will. Closing in on 9400 Twitter followers. Not that it matters to you guys, but my addiction is continuing to be fed. Who? Yeah. It's not it's not healthy. Uh Ethos Fantasy BK is the Twitter feed for Sports Ethos, the best fantasy news feed on planet Earth rivals every other one in speed rivals every other one in analysis that's the way i think here's what you got to think about like there might be times that fantasy labs might beat sports ethos by like two minutes but guess what they don't have analysis and then roto world's got analysis sorry i keep calling them that they've got analysis but sports ethos is usually faster it's, it's this phenomenon I've talked about in fantasy sports where all you have to do is be really good every month forever and you'll end up as the number one player. Like, you don't have to be the number one player every month to be the number one player. You could be the number three guy or, like, you could be the number two guy in everything forever and because the people around you keep shifting, you end up number one. That's what Ethos Fantasy is. Are they the fastest? Sometimes, yeah. Do they have the most analysis? Most of the time, yeah. Put that all together, you need to make sure you're following them or you're falling behind. Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, they're up to like 6,900 followers now. That's been taking off the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's you guys. <laughs> Should have thought about that. Anyway, let's dive into the games. We got way too much to cover to yammer about Twitter. Orlando at Philadelphia, Mo Bamba back into the starting lineup, and he was ready. Monster first half for Big Mo. Got momentum back on his side. Seven three-pointers and three blocks. He's back, baby. Fouled out because, you know, Joel Embiid. Somehow stayed out of foul trouble in the first half. Was not so lucky after the break. Embiid was the story of this ballgame. 50 points in 27 minutes. What an owning. Elsewhere on that Orlando side, uh, Terrence Ross got hurt, but it doesn't matter because he's been shoved out by Jalen Suggs, who now moved into the starting lineup and played 34 minutes. He's going to be a wildly inefficient fantasy play. Makes a ton of sense in points leagues or punt field goal builds. But otherwise, he's going to be a disaster for the foreseeable future. He has that same... That's not fair. He's a better free throw shooter, but the field goal percent is going to be painfully low. So you better be ready for that if you're picking him up. There might be a good finish in store. He's you know, he's someone you could squat on in a, a game's cap format and just don't use him until he starts shooting forty some odd percent instead of like low thirties every ball game. But like, look, he's averaging twelve points and four assists, and he's outside the top three hundred. You have to have a lot of issues with your fantasy game for that to make sense. Wildly over rostered fantasy player, but whatever. That's the way it works. Um, other notes from this one Franz Wagner had a tough time shooting but he deserves to remain on fantasy teams at some point I think we'll see Wendell Carter Jr. back but Gary Harris can also be punted there's no room for him with everybody taking up the shots now normally it's Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, Mo Bamba was so hot he got a few extra in this ball game, Philly side they didn't need much besides Embiid but Tobias Harris was actually pretty good, Tyrese Maxey is a start, Seth Curry is a start in a slower ball game and that is it Brooklyn beat Washington 119-118. Weird ball game, fun ending, etc., etc. James Harden had a rough one, high turnovers, bad shooting. This looks like a, like James Harden did a Russell Westbrook impersonation here. Points, rebounds, assists, and crap else. This will actually move him down the board in rankings. It's hard to do that like this deep into a season, but this is the kind of thing that even up at the top of the board you could move down a slot from a game this bad. Yowza. But Kyrie, it was uh, fine, 30-7 on another efficient performance for Irving. And I told you guys, LaMarcus Aldridge was going to get that job back. He didn't start in this ballgame, but he basically started. De'Aaron Sharp was in foul trouble, and LaMarcus was terrific. 27-6 with a couple of blocks, great percentages. If you didn't pick him up before, it's too late. He's been at it everywhere by this point. So that's why we try to stay ahead of the curve on this stuff. Over on that Washington side, the the one thing we were paying attention to is the center rotation because, first of all, you know, you kind of knew Kyle Kuzma was going to start to cool off at some point. Hopefully this isn't the start of it. Hopefully we can – we? shouldn't say we. I have no Kyle Kuzmas anywhere, but perhaps you do. So hopefully you can continue to milk it a little bit longer. But as the center sput stuff goes, it's hot hand city. Daniel Gafford started quickly in this game but then ran out of gas. Thomas Bryant never really got going in this one, so there was no gas to run out of, and Montrezl Harrell was the best option, so he got 24 minutes, and the other guys had to split the other 24. It's a three-headed monster right now, and I think Brewski, uh, our our CEO, our founder here at Sports Ethos, was mentioning on his own premium show that Daniel Gafford is basically a stash at this point, hoping that either he's moved or someone in front of him or around him is moved, to clear out that extra seven, eight, nine minutes again post trade deadline, which now, you know, we're only three weeks away from the trade deadline. So it's not that long of a stash. He's one of those guys where if you drop him and something does clear out, you'll feel pretty silly. But at the same time, I get it. You can't start him in a games cap format right now. And he's really not helping you at all in head to head either. So only you know your roster situation, but he is now effectively an active stash. Womp womp. Jimmy Butler got ejected. I suppose I kinda got what I deserved. Made a joke on Twitter about Jimmy Butler, we needed to like sacrifice a goat to keep him healthy. And then he was healthy, but he got tossed around halftime. So he had himself a clunker of a ball game. But you no know who didn't! Well, the guys who fill in for Jimmy when he's out—they all were pretty good in the second half. Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Caleb Martin—all had big ball games. But the one, you know, the one I'm about to talk about—Bam Adebayo, 20 and 11, four assists, five steals, three blocks. Mm-mm-mm. Bam's back, baby. Bam's back. Hey, Anthony Simons had a nice ball game again. Got it ratcheted back up with six three pointers. C.J. McCollum looked really good was lava hot early and then kind of ran out of gas, which should be expected. This is just, what, second game back? Third game back? I've already lost track. Nurk was pretty good again. He's been warming up. Covington was good again. He's been hot pretty much since Larry Nance went down. So, yeah, I mean, Nance will be back at some point soon, and that'll put a little dent into Rocco. But, look, all I care about is that CJ's back and looking good. Charlotte beat Boston 111-102. Terry Rozier has been pretty awesome that slow start is way in the past now Terry is a third rounder on the season and if you eliminate the first month Terry Rozier is number nine yeah I got so excited there I needed to make my voice crack a little bit he's number nine over the last two months of basketball 21 points four boards four assists four three-pointers a game Crushing. He's in there with Chris Stapps and Harden, DeJounte, Rudy, Terry Rozier. One of these things is not like the other. The other, there really aren't any other guys that high that you wouldn't expect to be that high on the board over a two-month span. Drew Holiday is probably one you'd say, oh, interesting. He's number 11 over that stretch. And then you got to go down to Lonzo, who's about halfway through the second round. But Terry Rozier, single digits over the last two months. Just enjoy it, man. He's their firepower. P.J. Washington uh, suffered a hip bruise in this ball game. Does that mean I'd start Miles... Uh, sorry, Mason Plumley. Nah. Not unless I had to. But he will play more. He'll get, you know, closer to 30 minutes now with no P.J. around. P.J. kind of stinks. That's not fair. That's not the way we should talk about players. It's disrespectful. He's just not a good fantasy player. Overrated fantasy play. Kelly Oubre came back, picked up where he left off. So You can probably add him if, if he was dumped. There's always room. Boston got a bad one out of Jason Tatum, and that was probably why they lost this ballgame because Jalen Brown and Dennis Schroeder were fine. Al Horford was fine. Uh, Robert Williams needed to miss one more ball game. Birth of a child, I believe, if I'm getting the news right on that one. That's okay. We forgive you, Tatum. You've been pretty good over the last couple months as well. Uh, Tatum, I think, is like a second rounder over the last couple of months. He's been okay. been ramping up prior to that one. Atlanta continues to play well without Clint Capella. Weird little twist. I don't think that it's all that. Teams just go through ups and downs. The Cam Reddish trade just kind of cleared things out a little bit for them. DeAndre Hunter had 22-5. Another good shooting game for him. But again, low peripheral stuff. That w- That's what continues to concern me. Like, this is a heater. This is a prototypical heater he's on. And there's a, there's a spot for that. A guy who has good percentages and scores mostly. There's a spot for that on fantasy teams. I just, I mean, we know what this looks like when the shooting runs out. And it's like 11 points and 4 rebounds with minimal else. And he probably profiles around the top 100, which is okay, 115 maybe. Kevin Herter a little bit behind that. I just, none of these guys really do it for me. Okongwu, as a fill-in center, does do it for me, stealing five blocks. He's been awesome, last couple of ball games in particular. I actually kind of have my eye on Danilo Gallinari. His minutes have been trending up into the mid to high 20s at times, and we know he can actually post fantasy value in 25 minutes if given enough usage and he's like right on the borderline he's the upside play weirdly but if they're getting enough offense elsewhere then he'll have one of those games where he just vanishes the beauty of gallo is that almost every night he's gonna go to the free throw line three or four times and he's probably gonna make all of them there's a value in that as well it's a little bit of a specialist thing going on with some of these extras on the atlanta side hey patrick beverly Uh, I made a joke on Twitter. I'll make it on the podcast as well. You know, what we really need for Pat Bev is a sign that's like, Hey, we've gone this many days without an office workplace injury because that's just how it works. November 24th, he played five minutes, left the ball game early with an injury in and out of protocols, missed some time, missed, uh, I think protocol was December 19th to the 28th, the ankle, the hip, whatever it is. That's ankle again with Pat Bev. So Roto Games Cap, sit on him. He was playing way too well to consider punting on him. Head to head, he's always gonna be a difficult player to roster because this happens every three weeks with him, like clockwork. We're talking about Jared Vanderbilt being a little bit of a slump. He fouled out in twenty one minutes of this game, but he was actually posting a great one beforehand. Probably too late to go and get him. We really only five games into the card? good gravy memphis lost tyus jones on top of everything else to protocols they're getting hit with it right now slow-mo is in protocol dylan brooks is hurt desmond bain tyus jones those guys are in protocols as well so uh they went a little bit weirdo on lineups in this one no surprise John morant played every second he possibly could and had a ginormous fantasy game jjj foul trouble but he went huge also you guys know I'm kind of obsessed with Brandon Clark lately, and he was really good again with 14-4, and four, two steals, two blocks, and six out of nine shooting. And then the question was, with all of these guys out, surely DeAnthony Melton would get enough run to do something, and no, he had another clunker. I think I'm just done with it. I don't think I can do it anymore, guys. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Screaming baby, in case you didn't hear it if your podcast was on quiet in your office or something. That's how I feel about DeAnthony Melt. How on earth, with all of those guys out, was he still unable to crack 18 minutes? He has been fully dog-housed by this team. And at this point, you can treat him like Gafford. He's a he's a trade deadline stash that he gets moved somewhere, and they're going to give him 26 minutes and some actual responsibility. It's the only thing you can hope at this point, because it's not happening in Memphis it's just not happening in Memphis. If he can't do it now, it's not happening. I do advocate sitting on him for three weeks, if you can. I mean, you got to believe he'll be better than this in the next one. So from a head-to-head standpoint, you could probably call him an active stash as well. Roto, treat him like he's hurt at this point. You can't start him. I'd say it's unpredictable, but it's predictably terrible right now. They're just not giving him any time at all. They shined... Uh, Memphis signed Shaq Harrison to a 10-day deal. Our buddy VP, longtime listener of the podcast, mentioned on Twitter, oh, they'll probably just give more minutes to Shaq. Yeah, I think by the next ballgame, they probably will. It's nuts. Whatever. Uh, good to see Drew Holiday back. Played 22 minutes. He'll ramp him his way back up to uh, normal flow, and that'll knock any peripheral bucks off the map, and that's kind of all you have to worry about there. Chicago got a nice win over Cleveland. Uh, Nikola Vucevic actually finally had his shot going a little bit. DeMar DeRozan missed a bunch of free throws. That was pretty weird, but he went for 30-7. and seven. And Iowa had another good game. Got off to a slow start, but picked it up late, 18-8. Two steals. Kobe White, another good game. And we got word that Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine are out for at least the next week and change. So you can stream both of those guys. I'll admit, I was wrong. I thought Lonzo Ball was going to be back in a game or two. It sounded like they were just giving him some maintenance days, but it, it appears to be worse than that. And so to that end, I was late on IO. I thought he was going to have one game and then back to being more of a three and D type, but he's in there facilitating with no ball and no Levine. And I'm sorry, guys, I owe you guys an apology. I should have dug more on the Lonzo injury, and maybe we could have gotten out in front of that a little bit better. It's possible that you guys still got him. Because sometimes on this podcast, we're like two or three days ahead of everybody else. So maybe if we were two or three days later than usual, we're like fighting with the masses. But either way, I think I owe you guys an apology. I, sh- I should have seen the Lonzo thing for what it was, which was not a one-day break. And we could have pounced on that. We did talk about picking up Kobe White, though. So at least we got that one filling in for Zach Levine. Spurs did what you're supposed to do to the Thunder and smacked him around as it should be thunder or bad um shea was bad giddy was uh inefficient so unfortunately that is also kind of bad aaron wiggins had a pretty good ball game there man there's not much you can trust on the thunder shea you can trust giddy some nights lou dort some nights it's not a good fantasy place to be Spurs, on the other hand, when you put up a buck 18, a couple guys are going to have some stuff. DeJounte triple-double, beautiful game out of Murray. Devin Vassell, 19-8, and eight, two steals, two blocks. We keep telling you guys. Did it in 22 minutes in a blowout off the bench, too. He's coming, man. He's a keeper league darling. Of this, I think we can be relatively certain. Devin Vassell is a keeper league darling. Uh, And that's about it, Spurs side. Nothing else. Jakob Pertl got away with only taking two free throws, so that's good for his fantasy value. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at thrivefantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. Prop up, people, with prop bets at Thrive Fantasy. No longer, no longer must you toil at the deepest corners of the darkest dumpsters in DFS gaming. No longer must you try to figure out if Saban Lee is going to play six minutes in a ball game and take four shots. No longer! No longer must you try to figure out if Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to log more than 19 minutes in a basketball game. No longer must you determine if Matt Thomas is worth playing on the Chicago Bulls. Because at Thrive Fantasy, you only need to focus on the names, the big names, the superstars, the folks you care about. 20 prop bets to choose from, you pick 10. Overs and unders, if you get the most points from your selections, you win money in the Thrive Fantasy Tournament du jour. 100% deposit match bonus and multiple free game vouchers with just a $10 deposit using promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. Head on over there, throw $10 in the account, and you get another $10 on the deposit match and two $20 contest entry vouchers. $60 of play for $10 of deposit at thrivefantasy.com with promo code ETHOS. Check them out now. A fantastic partner. You guys are gonna have a lot of fun. I really, I promise you're gonna enjoy yourself. It's fun. In my estimation, it's better than traditional DFS. I know that plenty of folks out there love regular DFS. I'm just not one of them. So something different, something special. This is right up my alley. Thrive Fantasy, they've got the app, apples uh Apple store, Android store, wherever you gotta go, or the computer. Thrivefantasy.com. That's where my old people like me go to play it. Check it out now. Go to play it. Check it out now. Dallas and Toronto had a fun one. Mavs uh, able to, to hang on. Toronto doing a nice job of fighting back. Another big game for Chris Boucher off the bench, 15-12. And, and My page just flipped out in front of me. OG Ananobi was good. Too many minutes, though. Too many minutes, man. The injury is coming for these Toronto guys. if They're out there playing 43 minutes a game. That's just not acceptable. I know that uh, Birch is hurt and Trent is out and you want it, but, like, you got to find a way to just place someone else or your regulars are going to drop dead. Freddie Van Vliet, he's already cooled off. It's probably because he's tired. At least Boucher's not tired. That's been a nice run here lately. Luka's getting going. Is he playing himself into shape? It's possible. Porzingis has been warm lately. Jalen Brunson finally cooled off. Kind of knew that was coming at some point here. He's not a drop, though. Uh, Luka's going to miss a game or two coming up at some point along the way. So Brunson's a guy who's doing enough on the head-to-head side, and then we'll get those big breakthrough roto games, particularly when Luka's down. Sometimes even when he's not, I guess you could start him against a high-paced, high-octane opponent, see how it goes. Uh, But overall, there's enough reason to hang on, I think, at this point. Utah, no Donovan Mitchell. He's in concussion protocol. That uh, news came out right after we recorded yesterday's podcast, so other guys needed to step up a little bit. And, you know, you guys know the drill. Anytime Donovan Mitchell is out, Jordan Clarkson is going to get a whole bunch of stuff. He's probably rostered already, which is kind of dumb because Clarkson's been bad this year. He's number 171 in 9-cat, shooting under 40% from the field. And he's rostered in almost 80% of leagues so you're not going to be able to go pick him up, which is a shame because he's probably going to have a couple of good ball games here. That's a guy that should have been on the wire a long time ago. Whatever, don't matter. On the Houston side, I just don't even care anymore. If you can tell me who's going to have a good game on any given night, just like go bet a prop bet on it and get filthy rich because I don't know. Is Kevin Porter had a good one two nights back. Then he was quieter here. Garrison Matthews woke back up again. Eric Gordon's been weirdly consistent this year on a bad team. He's trying to play his way out of town. We'll see if it works. He has to get traded. They should take a bag of potato chips and a second-round pick for Eric Gordon. Just do the man right. Get him off of this. Not that I like Eric Gordon or his fantasy game or even his reality game, but get the poor veteran off this team. Whew. But, to Houston's credit, they actually were competitive in this one. Played a good ball game. Like, I, the way I'm screaming about them feels like they lost by 25 points. They didn't. This is a good ball game. Pretend you didn't look at the score. And just pretend you've been watching the fantasy numbers for these guys the entire season and then tell me you're not super frustrated uh, with trying to figure out what the bleep is going on on that team, fantasy-wise. Congrats if you started Garrison Matthews yesterday. I didn't. Now Rudy Gobert's uh, rebounding numbers were a little bit lower in this one for some reason. Royce O'Neal ended up with a lot of them, but tough to complain about old Sir Rudinand. He's been putting himself through a very nice season once again. Hey, before we jump on to the next one, I wanted to remind you guys about our partnership with the great folks over at Manscaped.com. Use promo code Ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping on whatever you get at manscape.com. The best in men's grooming. Two free gifts, actually, if you shop there right now. Two free gifts. Boxers, a toiletry bag, with your purchase of the Performance or Perfect Package 4.0, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0 and other delightful accoutrements. The Weed Whacker, that's for ear and nose hair. The Crop Preserver, that's a deodorant, a toner, and a shaving mat all comes in the Performance Package 4.0. That's $120, bucks. minus 20%, so you knock $24 off of that guy. And the Perfect Package 4.0 is just $100. Bucks. That's a lot more 4.0. Uh, it has the deodorant, the toner, and the shaving mat. It does not include the ear and nose hair trimmer. But you could get that for 80 with our coupon code. And again, right now, you get the bonus boxers and toiletry bag at manscaped.com with promo code Ethos20. If you don't want to go whole hog, yeah, I know, I know. I probably should have rethought that. But if you don't want to do that, you can get smaller things. You can get the lawnmower 4.0 by itself, the lawnmower 3.0 by itself, which, by the way, I'm actually a massive fan of the Lawnmower 3.0. The plow, that's a single blade razor. The shaver, that's a three-blade razor with the the lubrication strip. The weed whacker, we already told you about that. Shears, that's a luxury nail kit. Replacement blades for any of this stuff. Deodorant, we've talked about. Boxers. T-shirt, want to wear a Manscaped T-shirt? Hell yeah, you do. I got one. Wear it around the house. Chapstick, lip balm. They got it all at manscaped.com. Use promo code ETHOS20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. It's good stuff, people. Please just go check it out. Tell them Dan sent you. They won't care. Next on the docket, Clippers, Nuggets, overtime, and Nikola Jokic went buck wild, 49-14-10. and Who man. He has uh, passed LeBron James. Remember, LeBron was number one for a little bit there, which was also pretty amazing. But uh, Jokic has surged out in front lately, uh, mostly because he started to make his free throws again. I don't know what was going on there for a little bit. Uh, Field goal percent has also become a much bigger positive of late, so the fact that his percentages are going up, everything else is kind of coming with it a little bit. As far as the Nuggets go, that's a dice roll. Aaron Gordon's been pretty good lately. If you wanted to, you could probably play Aaron Gordon in all formats right now. I personally don't have the stones to do it. I know the moment I drop him in there is going to be the game where it all comes crashing down. That said, he's up to 150 on the whole season, and over the last month, he's still outside the top 150. Like, the thing with Aaron Gordon is we know what he is. We know who he is, and it's just a matter of when it all comes back to that spot. Remember, there were a couple of slow games in between, but he had like a 30-pointer a in there, a 20, a 28. Three of his last five games have been really good. If he can keep that up, then he's startable. Or does he fall back into old habits, missed free throws, things of that nature? His free throw percentage has actually been better this year. I think it's a career high. No, just barely off a career high. Field goal percent is way out above every other season. You know, hello playing alongside Nikola Jokic because a lot of the other stuff hasn't changed. He's just open now. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it, I don't think. You guys could probably do it if you really wanted to, but I just can't bring myself to do it. The other note here, I think, Will Barton probably doesn't need to be started. I don't know that I can drop a guy who's playing full starters minutes and getting 13, 14 shots a game, but he's been outside the top 100 for about two months now, which plays in slightly deeper leagues, but Roto Games Cap format, where you're really just trying to maximize your best 82 at each slot, that has not been him of late. And then Monte Morris, 20 shots, I don't know where that came from here, but if he can keep that going, then this guy who's been over-rostered all year might be accurately rostered at long last. I don't believe it either. And I had overtime, he had 130 points. Clipper side, Evita Zubats was good. Reggie Jackson kind of wondered if that last game woke him up a little bit. He's been in a deep shooting funk prior to it, and the good stuff kept going in this one. This is... Listen, I you know like I didn't expect him to go for 28 and 12 every night, but I did expect him to orchestrate while Paul George was out. And that's what he did here. He had the assists. Maybe it's because Nick Batum was in protocols, so the facilitator wasn't there to facilitate. But that's where we're at right now. And so you can probably roll Reggie Jackson out there. I certainly would consider doing it in a head-to-head where a bad game doesn't really crunch you so much. Roto Gamescap probably staying away. Amir Coffey's kind of the same thing for me. I I don't have a ton of trust in the young guy. I know he's been playing pretty well lately. And the minutes are mostly there. But I just keep thinking the other shoe's going to drop. And so a lot of these guys fit more of the schedule streamer model we've talked about in the past. Plus, by the way, no Marcus Morris for this ballgame either. So that was a lot of shots that got left out on the table. Zubats has been startable. I don't have the patience, like I said this before, I don't think I have the patience to wait on Isaiah Hardenstein. He probably gets there to value once he gets fully healthy, but with Ibaka also in the mix again, things are just a little jammed up. And then Luke Kennard is someone we're going to keep an eye on. He looked pretty damn rusty in this ballgame. He's been out for a while, but prior to going down, he was their best shooter. So if he slots back into 30-some-odd minutes of ballgame, he could be a three three-pointers-a-game kind of guy, and there is a built-in value in that if someone... You know, if he's not shooting so terribly, he was also getting a few assists per game. The ceiling's not super high for him, but again, with Paul George out, you just sort of never know where the shots might fall. So keep an eye on Kennard. Zubats is a start. Marcus Morris is a start when he's playing. And then everybody else is a little bit of a dice roll. Reggie Jackson probably the best die to roll among them, with uh, Amir Coffey kind of right behind. Detroit beat Sacramento. 133-131, 133-131, and a lot of good things from this ball game. We mentioned Terrence Davis as a guy you absolutely needed to stream with Tyrese Halliburton out, and that really paid off, way better than we could have ever expected. But you know what? This is what you're shooting for. You go with the upside play on those fill-ins, and uh, Davis got hot. 35 points, seven three-pointers. Delightful. Rashawn Holmes played 28 minutes, so he's getting back to health. Ten points, only three rebounds, but four blocks and a steal. And the buy low window there might be about closed. We'll see. Kings got 44 free throws in this game. That was nuts, and lost. A lot of weird things happened in this one. I have no idea how the Kings lost this ball game. I can only assume it was the, the fact that they missed a bunch of their free throws. Like, how do the numbers add up, right? But in any event, keep streaming Terrence Davis until Halliburton comes back. Kings are a treasure trove of possible trade deadline stuff, but nothing yet. You may want to set your alerts here, because when that Kings news breaks, someone's going to need to get snapped up real quick. You know, Marvin Bagley had 17 and 9. If he doesn't get traded, and Harrison Barnes does, and say Rashawn Holmes does as well, Bagley's probably the starting center, and Metu's probably the starting power forward at that point. If Buddy Heald gets traded, and De'Aaron Fox gets traded, Terrence Davis Becomes a monster alongside Tyrese Halliburton. So there's a lot of stuff that could shake out in King's Country, as opposed, I think, to what's going on in Detroit, where you know it sounds like Jeremy Grant's going to be tougher to move. I don't know if they even want to move Kelly Olynyk, who just turned them from a dumpster fire into a very smart basketball team in 22 minutes of his first game back. There was nothing but the highest of praise for what Olenek did for this basketball team yesterday. He just got everybody in the right spot. He made the reads. This is why we've been squatting on him. I didn't think there was any chance he was going to be this good his first game back. So unfortunately, I didn't start him. But this is another reason why I felt fine moving on from Isaiah Stewart. He's just, he didn't take any step forward this year. None. Might even argue a step back. But I don't think that's fair. I think it's just not taking a step forward. He played a lot of his minutes against in sort of tank season last year when no one cared. Now he's playing his minutes against starters, people that care, and he's getting beat up. And so Olenek, even as the backup there, has fantasy value. This is a big game for Sadiq Bey. He's been really bad the last two and two and a half weeks. If you think this is him getting hot again, okay. Uh, I mentioned Corey Joseph as a fill-in for Killian Hayes and someone that sort of made me vomit in my mouth just a tiny bit even to think about. But if Killian Hayes is out, Joseph does have first crack at those point guard minutes. You just kind of have to realize it's, again, that's sort of a 50-50 proposition as to whether the game is going to be pretty good. But look, I think you can get Olinick into your lineups. If he's already playing 22 minutes, they're going to ramp him up pretty quick by all indications. I think he'll probably be in that same general area in their next one, which I think is tomorrow. Am I getting that right? doesn't matter. Whatever it is, uh it was it was delightful. Whatever it was, it was delightful. Uh they're in Utah. Am I getting that right? Yeah, Utah, Denver. They got the altitude games coming up for Detroit. So he'll probably play like 24 ish minutes in the next one, and then maybe that's where he maxes out for now, behind Isaiah Stewart, or maybe they slide him down, and get him a few more minutes of power forward. Hard to know. Either way, this is what we talk about with Kelly Olenek. His fantasy game is amazing when he has some usage. This is a team where he'll have more than Miami, less than Houston. So somewhere in between like top 110 and top 25, that's pretty good. And finally, Lakers really whiffed on this one. They were uh, in control for about three quarters and then just totally fell apart in the fourth. Karis LeVert went nuts late in this ballgame. Lakers had some controversial roster decisions Left Russell Westbrook on the bench, who wasn't very good in this ballgame, but you know, it's gonna draw attention. Left Carmelo Anthony out there, who was just floating randomly on defense, horrendous defensive effort. And but I mean that's a it's not fair. Melo just doesn't know where to go on defense. Never really has. So why would it click now? He was good for them on offense yesterday, but you you know, if you got a guy on the other team that's going buck wild like Levert was Probably don't want to have a guy on your team that that dude can just exploit over and over again. But that's not the fantasy news. Fantasy news, Anthony Davis is getting close. We've heard he's probably coming back during the Lakers road trip, which starts tomorrow in Orlando. That's the Grammy roadie. LeBron was great. Taylor and Tucker actually had a really good ball game. He moved well, moved the basketball well, looked confident. But don't touch him. Malik Monk is a drop now, by the way, with Anthony Davis getting close. There's no reason to wait that one out it's not getting better it's only going to get worse as far as indiana goes i was right about one thing and damn it, i'm going to take credit for it because a lot of people are about to get real lucky when miles turner was ruled out we did a show on that about two three days ago twitter yelled at me that it was goga time and i pushed back pretty hard i said i don't think goga's getting time i think if he does it's going to be all over the map It's going to be matchup-based. It's going to be when he gets hot. And we saw that in this ballgame. He played three minutes. Did have two blocks, by the way, to Goga's credit. He's a good block rate guy, but his other stuff isn't very good. And he's just not that good of a basketball player. So we know enough about Rick Carlisle that he was going to probably just roll with Sabonis at the big man spot. I mentioned Torrey Craig on that show as someone that I thought would play more alongside of him. Because going Sabonis and Goga at the same time, you're huge and you're slow. Well, Sabonis turned his ankle. Came down on Russell Westbrook's foot. Had a pretty good pivot on that thing. Stayed in to finish the ballgame, but Rick Carlisle said after the game that it was going to be a pretty good ankle twist. And so he'll miss a couple of ball games. And now, all of a sudden, I don't know how much choice they really have. Not that Goga's necessarily going to start, because he'll get obliterated by starting caliber opponents. You might see O'Shea Brissett start at center, but those two guys are probably going to mostly split the 48 minutes. So now you probably get 20 minutes out of Goga. Now you do, without Sabonis and without Miles Turner. But, damn it, I know some of you guys hate me when I try to take credit for something, but I'm taking credit on this one. I told everybody, don't do Goga. Everybody did, and a lot of you guys got stuck with a three-minute performance. Now you can go ahead... Although, unfortunately, he got picked up, and everybody just got really lucky that Sabonis got hurt. I actually kind of like Justin Holiday. It seems like after a very strange, almost out-of-body experience first half of the year for Justin, the steals are starting to come around again. On the season, he's averaging 2.63 pointers and only .7 steals in 29 minutes of ballgame. And actually if you look at last year, his steal rate was down then also. He was at one steal in about 30 minutes per game. Which is off the mark. His career, he's one steal in 24 minutes per game. That should be one and a half per 36. And if, you know, you look at that half season in Chicago where he was playing pretty well, he was at 1.8 in 35 minutes a game. After the, or before, after, whatever it was, the Memphis deal, he was at 1.2 in 29 minutes per game. His first season in Indiana, he was at 1.2 in 25 minutes per game. And then, you know, last year, I'd blame it on coaching staff, but last year was a totally different one than the year before that, and then this year's a different one than the year before that. So, who knows? Simple fact is, his usage is actually up this year. He's taking 9.3 shots per game. That's the most since he was in Chicago. Field goal percent's about the same. Threes are matching a career high right now. And then it's really just steals that have been off for Justin. It's why he's at around number 160 on the entire season. However, over the last month, the steals have started to come around, and he's at number 120 over that stretch, which... Does that make him a Roto Games cap guy? Probably not, especially with Malcolm Brogdon back now for Indiana. So that's going to soak up a little more usage. But he's he's clearly more comfortable. His game is coming around, and he makes a lot of sense. If you need threes, if you need steals, or in head-to-head, he makes a lot of sense in uh, almost any spot. Like at 120, head-to-head player with four-game week, that's actually a pretty good play. I'd probably rather go Justin Holiday than try to figure out which front court guy is going to soak up the minutes here. Frankly, I like O'Shea Brissett more than Goga Bataze, but I don't think I'm doing anything with either of them. And Torrey Craig is not a good shooter. As you saw yesterday, Lakers left him open repeatedly, and they were not punished for it. But he did have 13 rebounds. He is a pretty solid rebounding wing type when given the playing time. Uh, and then the question, I suppose, for Craig just becomes, can he actually do enough defensive stuff to make up for the other things? I think the answer is probably not. The uh, sample sizes with, with Tori are a little weird. He had that giant game way back in October. That was a blip, very much an, an exception to the rule. His better games have largely come recently. Last day of last year, December 31st, New Year's Eve, he had 10 and 11 five assists, a steal, and a couple of blocks. That was in 31 minutes. January 10th, he played 31 minutes, had 19 and 4. I mean, I think if Torrey Craig gets over 30 minutes, you could probably call him streamable, if only because he likely gets seven, eight, or nine rebounds in 30 minutes a game. He likely just is on the floor long enough to get two assists. He's probably on the floor long enough to get a steal, maybe a block, so maybe he becomes like a one and one steel block guy with point seven one three three pointer or something like that. So, uh, you know, there's there's uh a, a path there, but it's a maybe. And he I don't think he's getting snapped up by a bunch of folks either. What's Torrey Craig's rostering right now? 6%. Yeah, he's going to be available in your league. If you've got crap, you could pick him up. I don't know. I mean, I saw Sabonis' ankle tweak. It was not, you know, it wasn't a high ankle sprain. So I don't think this is like a four or five week kind of thing. It was just a pretty bad low tweak. So I don't know. Week and a half, two weeks probably would be my guess. So all this work we're doing here trying to figure out what's going on with Indiana, I don't know how much, really how much is it going to be worth for us. Whatever. Hey, thanks to everybody that uh, has been rating and reviewing the podcast as we make our push towards... 775 reviews. I hope we can get there. Please do open your podcast app on your mobile device and drop a five-star review on the show. It's annoying to try to find it. I realize that. That's why I do this every once in a while. I kind of walk, uh, walk you through the process. You have to search for the show name. That's the weird thing. Whether it's on iTunes in the podcast tab or the podcast app on your Apple-branded mobile device, you have to search for Fantasy NBA today, which is so dumb because you're already listening to the show. They should, there should be just a little button that's like, hey, are you enjoying this? Rate and review it. Like they do with every app you download. Are you enjoying this? Rate the app right now. How about that for podcasts? Maybe it does come up. Maybe I don't listen to enough shows because I'm over here yammering about it. Whatever. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Short card tonight tomorrow, Friday. Uh, show will be coming a little bit later, I believe, on Friday. I've got some stuff going on in the morning. But I hope you guys are enjoying getting most of these out slightly earlier in the day. That'll, of course, be the Friday Week in Review, and loop us around to Monday. Trying to think if I have anything else I really desperately wanted to cover this morning. Oh, right! Lonzo Ball! The Lonzo Ball news! I don't know I forgot about that until now. Uh, Lonzo has been diagnosed with a small meniscus tear in his knee. I I mean... Again, I know I apologized on yesterday's show, and I'm not in the business of coming on here and, like, mea culpa but I really misread the Lonzo Ball injury news. They tried to downplay it when he was first ruled out, whatever it was, a uh, little under a week ago. I was like, oh, you know, he's just going to rest this one. We'll see how he's doing here. And then all of a sudden, uh, the knee soreness became a knee contusion, and the knee contusion became a torn meniscus. And now he's out probably, if he has the surgery, for a month. Or more. Alex Caruso came back for the Bulls. He'll be ramping up. If he's on your wire, go get him. If he's available, try to trade for him. Uh, Kobe White is going to be doing plenty here while both Ball and Levine are out. And then I O had another good ball game. I don't know if he can shoot 80% forever. I mean, I'm pretty safe to say he can't. Um, so a lot of this stuff is, is likely going to come crashing back to earth. But right now... IO's been amazing. And so you kind of just stream it until it comes apart. Kobe's the easier one, Caruso's the easier one. Uh IO's the the bit more of a, a an upside shot kind of thing. But certainly worth it right now. All of a sudden, we're in one of those moments again where a bunch of guys just pop up all at the same time. And it's not all protocol related. One of them is the Tyrese Halliburton stuff in, in King's Country, but a lot of it is just some rotations are changing. Guys are getting hurt. Old-fashioned hurt. Old-fashioned. Just getting hurt. Ah, well. All right, I'm Dane Vesperus. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Have a marvelous Thursday. We can review show tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.